0: Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. According to one market pundit I came across this week, we've entered into the phase in this cycle where, quote, bad news is bad news again, unquote. You know, as opposed to the phase we've come from where bad news was good because it meant the Fed might not tighten as aggressively. So we got that going for us, which is nice. This week, our three things are, one, hard data confirming slowdown. It's moved beyond interest-sensitive sectors. Two, earnings recession. It's not good for credit, but magnitude matters. And three, market implied recession models. They can be misleading. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. Here comes the hard data. Trust, but verify. That Reagan-era gem seems to be guiding investors today when they consider the prospects of recession. We've certainly had plenty of signals that the downturn is coming, the weakness in soft data that Morgan Stanley believes is, quote, overwhelming, unquote. We could start with the yield curve, twos tens, which first inverted back in March of 2022, and that, we're told, almost always forecasts a recession. Personally, I tended to discount the value of that, given that, one, the treasury market technicals are so different, this go-around than in the past, and two, the event recession might still be nearly three years away from the inversion based on past history. Still, it's tough to ignore. Then we got some really downbeat, historically so in some cases, survey findings, consumer sentiment, small business optimism, CEO confidence, investor sentiment. Manufacturing and services PMIs, all seemingly reflecting respondent sentiment that the Fed would make good on what it was intending to do slow the economy hard. That sentiment began to turn back in the second half of 2021, and it continues to read negative right on through to today. December's ISM services reading is just the latest and one that really caught our eye. But where, skeptics would say, is the hard data evidence? People say one thing and do another. Inflation's down. China's reopening. There is no energy crisis. And the Fed's going to pivot in 2023. Markets say so. A soft landing has been achieved. Well, not so fast. Here's the hard data. Housing starts down for the fourth month in a row and down 22% year-on-year. Pending home sales, down 39% year-on-year. Auto sales, down two months in a row down 12% from last January's recent high. Those are all interest-sensitive sectors for sure, and given the Fed's shock and awe, none of that is surprising, and it's all real. But now, the tightening is starting to bite consumer and commercial activity more broadly. Core retail sales, down two months in a row, month on month, after being up 10 months in a row. Industrial production, down year on year, three months in a row. What about the jobs market? It's strong, right? Well, yes, if you're looking at just the unemployment rate and jobless claims. But in terms of what drives economic growth, what captures economic potential, the following probably doesn't do that. Labor participation rate stuck below 63% with full-time employed lower five months in a row. Average weekly hours worked down two months in a row. We could go on. Consider it verified. And one final piece of hard data excess savings, the pile of cash built up during the pandemic period via stimulus checks and lockdown, which had reached $2.7 trillion in 2021 and has fueled consumer spending in 2022 right on through to today. Well, that's been cut in half, and a significant portion of what's left is held by those that don't really need to spend it, the wealthier. That could essentially run off in 2023. It will be missed. All right, on to our second thing, prospects for an earnings recession. question was posed to folks on Bloomberg TV this week was, can you have an earnings recession without an economic recession? The answer, of course, is yes. An earnings recession is someone's concoction labeling two or more successive quarters of year-over-year decline in earnings, something meant to mimic the old definition of an economic recession. That determination has been changed to something less mechanical by the National Bureau of Economic Research. That's neither here nor there. Back to the issue at hand. The most recent earnings recession happened at the outset of the pandemic, as you would have expected. Now we are set up for one starting in Q4 2022, with the current earnings releases, and carrying right on through to Q2 2023, according to the Bloomberg consensus for the S&P 500. It should be noted that the year-over-year earnings contraction forecast in those three quarters all have two handles, as in down between 2% and 3%. Baked into those numbers are a bit of margin pressure from inflation and a softening top line. You also have the outsized tech sector rationalizing and maturing, and that is sure to lean on overall earnings growth. In any event, and broadly speaking, any earnings recession should not be all that material to higher quality credit. Economic growth is clearly slowing, but from very strong, stimulus-fueled levels. And that's the point. You can have modestly negative earnings growth off of very strong levels, like we've had, and not be in an economic recession, just an economic contraction from very strong levels. Now, all this dimensions important context for how we think about this credit cycle. Earnings contraction is something we worry about because earnings growth underpins default rates across virtually all credit asset classes. But a couple of quarters of modest negative earnings growth in 2023 is not going to be all that relevant to credit overall. This is the kind of downturn that will expose the most vulnerable business models and capital structures. And we should not lose sight of the prospect of more negative earnings scenarios as the full effects of Fed tightening hits over the course of the year. In any event, the vast majority of borrowers, certainly investment grade issuers, figure to get through this just fine. All right, on to our third thing market driven recession models. Admittedly, we can get a bit animated on market driven models predicting something. We learned long ago that markets incorporate not only fundamental factors, but also technical ones, such as variables driving investor demand that might have nothing to do with fundamentals, or supply of available bonds. There's always more to the story than the latest print. So when we saw an article in Bloomberg this past week highlighting research that the market implied odds of recession have tumbled, we were curious and skeptical. The piece concluded that the odds of recession in the U.S. had fallen from 59% last October to 29% in January because of the move in US high grade spreads. Yes, those spreads have come in some 40 basis points to 122 basis points, a level that is well inside 20-year averages. That's 149 basis points and levels we typically see in recessions, typically north of 250 basis points. So using the same logic and model, the researchers say US high yield says the probability of recession today is 18%. Five-year treasuries say the likelihood of recession went the other way, according to that model, jumping over the period from 16% to 49%. Go figure. Sure, everything feels better today with NASDAQ up 9% year-to-date and credit up 4%. Yes, China is reopening and inflation is falling, but we certainly don't feel better about the future because markets are improved. After really poorly performing years, investors typically pile into risk with new money to put to work. There is that technical factor, and everything theoretically on sale. Aha, another technical, improved relative value. Consensus recession probabilities remain high in the mid 60% area, and the economic data, hard and soft, and history of Fed tightening cycles tell us to discount recent market moves. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, hard data confirming slowdown. It's moved beyond interest-sensitive sectors. Two, earnings recession. It's not good for credit, but we're not looking at a significant earnings downdraft. Three, market-implied recession models. Risk premiums today do not capture the effects of what's coming. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. Fly, eagles, fly. See you next week. Hello, listeners. Join me, Van Hesser, KBRA's chief strategist for in-depth conversations with credit experts in my new monthly podcast, Leading Voices in Credit, where I'll interview market professionals on the latest trends in credit markets. That's Leading Voices in Credit with Van Hesser. Subscribe now.